Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out of here! Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame! Wilson, the 1-2, big cut, and he struck him out! Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to episode 49 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I am your host, Diamond Dante, of course, to my right. Joining us back after a one-week hiatus is Michael Nellis, Ottawa Champions, current broadcaster, also a member of the front office with the only professional baseball team in the nation's capital. It's Michael Nellis joining us back on the show. Of course, uh, no intro for Michael Nellis in uh, in the beginning, of course, as you just heard. Uh, Adron Chambers, the co-host, he is in Pensacola, Florida. And will not be in today, but Michael Nellis takes his place. I, I don't blame you for 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 keeping that intro in place, though. I'm 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 pretty pumped about this show, Michael, because we are going to be bringing on uh, two special guests later on in the show, one a catcher and one a pitcher, and we'll start off with a little bit of Canadian content and a uh, a graduate or an alumni of the program, Mike Max Tissenbaum, will join us later on in the show of the Colorado Rockies. He's uh, just attending spring training down there. Yeah, he, uh, he was on ATD back in uh, back during the season, if I, July. if I recall correctly. Yeah, July. So it'll be good to have him uh, have him back on. Well-spoken guy with uh, uh, one of the only minor league players, actually, that I know that has a blog. So um, we'll be able to talk to him a little bit about that, and uh, you'll be able to go and, and uh, check out some of the things that he's written. Really impressive stuff, I got to tell you. Better writer it's, than uh, you, I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but... Uh, I, I I would think. It's debatable. Okay, so you should check out his blog, Max Tissenbaum. Search search Max Tissenbaum you can, on you Twitter. You can be the judge of that yourself. Search up Max Tissenbaum. I have too much pride to admit listen, that he's better than me. So Listen, search up at 8 underscore Max on Twitter and find his blog. is uh, It's pretty it's pretty good. It's uh, max 27 dot. MLBblogs.com, WordPress. It's a WordPress blog, but but he does do it that way. He's a, he he's definitely a, an excellent writer. If you want to go check out his articles, actually, I do know another uh, another baseball player that does write. Who's that? John Brucker. That's right. Yeah, I remember that, and yeah. he's really good too. He's he's. You read it? Yes. I subscribed to his uh, to his blog. I, both of them, Tissenbaum and John Brown. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, yeah. yeah, no, I would too. And and the fact that I haven't now that it's kind of being brought up, I'm like, well, I guess I should go do that. Yeah, last you should have seen the last post right now. He's shaking train, my head. He's at training with Ryan Dent. Really? Yeah, you know Ryan Dent. Yeah, of course I do. First round pick of the Cubs. Shortstop. With the Miners last year. That's right. Released. This is what people don't realize. They don't realize that you got first round picks playing in, in the Can Am League. league. And nobody, oh yeah, Ryan Dent, whoever's that. Yeah, he's a pretty big-time prospect, i got to tell you. Yes. Maybe not anymore, but he was. And he's going to have another chance to get into the major leagues, I can tell you that. And he was he's a playing, first round? 
in Ottawa this year. Carl I think Th- so. Carl Thormore was a second round pick. So was Jay Austin. And they yeah, got that a, was. A, they uh, got a, they got a, a nine hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. That was actually it was kind of tough for Carl Thormore too because he had to go um, after playing. I think it was the Brevard County Manatees in the uh, Florida How State. How many League. first and second round picks were on the Miners? Jesus, he had to uh, he had to go and, and join the Garden State Grays. But he's actually uh, enjoying a lot of success now in the Can Am League. He was Where's one Brett? of the better players. Uh, on the uh, the Garden State Grays, and now he's uh, now he's on the minors. So, did he re-sign with the minors? I didn't. He did. Uh, he did. Okay, yeah, he so did. he's back for 2017. There you yeah, go. He is. But uh, kind of speaking to the Can Emily, we're going to tie this into. Uh, where's Brett? Where's Brett? Brett's currently driving home from. Uh, where, where was he? I don't know. Was he in he's Virginia? Our, he's our Can- yeah, he was in Virginia. Can Emily yeah. Insider going back to Jersey is uh, Brett Lufner. Will he will join us uh, next week for episode fifty? You're listening to episode forty nine. Once again, you can check out our podcast on iTunes. If you're not already listening there right now, if you're listening on radio, you can check it out on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Dante, we, uh, we, we got to do something here. What? Next week is episode fifty. It is. We got, we got to do something special. Should I call Adrian or what? Oh wow. I don't. I don't think there's any doubt. You got to get him on. You got to get him on the line. You got to call what, up Adron in Pensacola. What about uh, Hal? Give him Lanier. a shout. What about Hal Lanier? I don't know. Pull out all the stops. Get out Dave Gorley. Get out. Uh, <laughs> get out everybody. Miles Wolf. Yeah, Miles Wolf. Everybody. Future uh, Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer. How about a day long show? Yeah, so, so, yeah, that's so, right. So if you he could is. pick, as episode fifty is coming up, Mike, if you could pick. Best interview that that's ever been on the show. Oh what, my what god, would you think? that's so hard, Dante. You've done like 150 interviews. Edwin Jackson for sure. You think so? Well, he was a. It, it's definitely big league. It's definitely somebody or Halanier who had. Uh, it's definitely somebody where you had Adron Chambers sit in this chair, not me. Why? Then it was because he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> then it was. De- then it was. De- oh, you, you, the, like the one interview that I did with wow. Adron with um, uh, uh, Tal of Steve. Oh. Was oh, that, that was, was that funny. was that the one where Tao of Steve hijacked the interview and started interviewing Adron? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a good one. That, that, that was funny. Um, we should or, do a top or, ten. Or, or, yeah, top ten. Interviews. I want to find. I want to find this clip just to use it against Adron, where Adron says uh, that um, Tony Cruz is a Hall of Famer. Okay. And and I went and I'm like, how could you say Tony Cruz is a Hall of Famer? Just like He's David like, Clarkson's a good hockey player, right, Dante? I did say that. Yeah, I did. did say. You know, it's weird. You know, he failed the physical. I understand. Like a lot, like last week. Stop talking about hockey. <laughs> this is not a hockey show. Okay, we ta- well, we, if we you ta- ask Max Tissenbaum and Jordan Mills, we talked enough hockey. We're gonna talk about hockey on this show, so I can bring up David Clarkson we, and how we, stupid we talk, you are we ta- when we, you talk about how good hockey players are actually bad. We're gonna be joined with <laughs> a, with a, a Toronto Maple Leaf slash Tampa Bay Lightning fan slash. Or a Jordan, in Jordan Mills' case, a, uh, a San Jose Sharks fan, which I would think is a Los Angeles Kings fan because his favorite player is Wayne Gretzky, and he, he had the chance he to likes meet Joe Thornton. Wayne Gretzky. What? Maybe well, San Jose Sharks. Uh, just to reintro things yeah, we're listening I... to around the diamond, this has absolutely <laughs> been a bananas, a bananas segment, uh, segment one coming up next. We're going bananas, eh, Dante? Later on in the show. Max Tissenbaum will join us for two segments. Jordan Mills will join us later in the show. And Michael Nellis and myself uh, will talk a little bit about, just to kind of go through this, The uh, there's a rule in the Can-Am League. A runner starts at second base. The, the MLB uh, is going through some rules to speed up the games. And in extra innings, they want to put in a rule where they automatically put in a runner at second base from the 11th inning on, or whether it's the 10th inning on, they're still kind of they're still treading the waters on on this uh, topic, Michael. But we can't go into it just yet. We're gonna have to wait till the end of the show, as we are running a little bit short on time here in this first segment. We're can gonna I... be joined by Max Tissenbaum up next, and you can give your your quick two cents real quick. You gotta be, and what I mean, you gotta be quick. You gotta be quick. Can I give you a two? Word actually an abbreviation of how I'm going to discuss this rule change. BS. So you want them to put a runner at second or not? How about we get into that later? We will. So the, so that's so a way the abbreviation, to abbreviation BS. That's the way to cheat up. A little you BS. You can uh, you can figure out what that means. Mull that over for the entire show. Okay. Okay. What? 
Well, we will. We'll, we'll talk about we'll it. We'll mull it over. We'll, That's we'll what you're saying. Over. Okay. Coming up next, we're going to be joined with Max Tissenbaum of the Colorado Rockies organization. Played with the Quebec Capitals last year as a catcher slash infielder. He's going to come on to talk about being signed by the Colorado Rockies and also talk about being signed or talk about uh, his travels this offseason and his new blog that he has uh, got back onto his feet with. You're listening to episode 49 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. We'll be back in a few. Hi, this is Colorado Rockies catcher Max Tissenbaum, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 49 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Alongside me to my right is our co-host, Michael Nellis. Once again, you can find our podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond. We welcome back a little bit of Canadian content to the show. It's Colorado Rockies catcher Max Tissenbaum. Hey, man, happy to have you back on the show. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Now, now, just right off the bat, how does that sound? Colorado Rockies catcher Max Tissenbaum, you have to be really excited to go in back to spring training with an affiliated team. Is that right? Yeah, it was, it was a huge thrill to find out that uh, my agent and I have been able to get something done over the offseason. Um, he did a lot of legwork over down at the winter meetings. And uh, when it was finally all said and done and I had that contract in front of me, it was a huge relief and something really to look forward to. Now, Max, uh, you released it a few months ago, actually, as you just mentioned, at the winter meetings. But the Quebec Capitals and the Can-Am League didn't release it until about a month and a half ago or a little bit over a month ago, if, uh, if I'm correct about that. So what was it between the two sides uh, that had, uh, like, what kind of went through in the situation? Did you already know that you were going to get signed and then the Capitals had to uh, kind of go through the, the selling process of uh, sending your contract over to the Rockies? Is that right? Yeah, I'm not really sure what happened on that end. Um, all that I know is I had some phone calls with uh, Chris Forbes, the farm director with the Rockies, um, and he had been in contact with my agent, Blake Borowski, and uh, we kind of got to an agreement. I signed it. Everything went through, and I guess after that it was all just between the Rockies and uh, the Capitals just to, I guess, make it official. Now, Max, you were part of the uh, Miami organization and then uh, spent the majority of the 2016 in Quebec um, with the Capitals of the Can-Am League. So, um, you know, obviously we've got a, uh, a Can-Am League team here in Ottawa, uh, so we like to hear of the, uh, uh, the success stories and the guys that eventually do move on. How much do you think your stint in Quebec helped you get back into the, uh, into the affiliated ranks? It was absolutely the number one thing. Um, yeah. Being at the stage of my career that I was at, I needed somewhere where I could go out and sort of build a resume and play every day um, because the last two and a bit seasons, I had only sort of played once, twice a week as a catcher. So I really needed an opportunity where I could get in there and catch three or four or sometimes even five games in a week, be in the lineup regularly and show teams that I could not only keep my catching at a, an appropriate level, but also my hitting. Um, so to be able to come out there and scout gave me the opportunity to be in the lineup every day. Um, it was absolutely the number one thing for me. Of course, we're joined here with uh, Colorado Rockies prospect and catcher Max Tissenbaum here with us on Around the Diamond. Last season spent uh, the summer with the Quebec Capitals organization moving all over the diamond. Now, do you expect uh, in spring training, of course, you probably just arrived uh, in Arizona. I believe that's where you are with the Colorado Rockies in spring training. Um, do you expect to kind of move around the diamond or are they kind of just placing you right at catcher or, or do you think you're going to play a little bit of third or second base as well? I'm not really sure yet. Um, it sounds like I'm down here as a catcher primarily, but like I've told everybody um, at all my stops, I've played all four infield positions. Now I've played some left field too. So if there's a chance for me to stay in the lineup an extra day instead of having a day off, I'll pretty much do whatever anybody wants me to do. Um, I wasn't sure how I'd like left field, but when Scout put me out there, I had a, had a good time doing that too. So whether it's catching infield, outfield, um, it doesn't really matter to me. I just love playing, so. I think I'm primarily here as a catcher, but again, there's a possibility that I may just help out, fill in somewhere. 
And what was the big thing when you got, uh, first got approached by your agent to say that the Rockies were interested in acquiring you as a catcher? Did you know that you might have to move around positions like you were just talking about, playing a little bit of left field? Of course, you did say that you don't care where you play. And, and as yourself, you came up as a shortstop. You're a natural athlete. Uh, what was the main thing, uh, the, the biggest thing in your game that the Rockies saw in you to, to sign you that early in the offseason? I think most of it came probably from the uh, the season that I had offensively. Um, but I also know that they have a, a respect for that league. Um, Steven Cardulo, who played for Rockland a couple of years ago, got signed out of the Can-Am League by the Rockies and made his major league debut last year. So I think they've got eyes on that league and they're uh, paying attention to see if they can find guys that can help the organization and move up. So. I think it was primarily the offensive numbers, but obviously as a catcher, you've got to show that you can block and call a game and throw guys out. Um, and I think that being able to do that on a more regular basis than I had also helped. So versatility is never going to be a bad thing, but I think it was mostly the offense and then proving that I can catch a little bit. You mentioned that you're kind of selling your versatility, Max. Um, and was that one of the plans for you going into Quebec? Was that like the idea that you would play all around the diamond as kind of a utility player? I know you you kind of just said yourself that you weren't really expecting to play in left field. Um, but were you expecting to be at least, you know, um, dispersed about the infield uh, on the left side there? And how much did Pat Scalabrini help um, in your transition at the Can-Am League too? Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. Actually, I was yeah. I was kind of thinking that I'd be there more as just a catcher. Um, but again, when I got up there, I said to him, like, if we need to have um, Ehrlich in the lineup, um, I can play third. I can play second. I've played short. I've played a little bit of first. Like, again, I'm one of those guys who just loves to compete. So whether it's uh, any one of the nine positions on the diamond, I'm I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to try and help the team any way that I can. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise to be bouncing around like I was, and obviously um, having never played left field in my life, um, that was a bit of a surprise to me. But it's just yeah. another uh, another tool that I can keep in my toolbox and show some people that I can do a lot of different things. Max Tissenbaum of the Colorado Rockies is here with us on Around the Diamond talking about being signed by the Rockies. Of course, last season played with the Quebec Capitals in the Can-Am League and also came to town and played against the Ottawa Champions and did a little bit of damage this season against Ottawa. Now, uh, something that I wanted to ask you, and I thought about this all week, I was watching MLB Network earlier and uh, a Boston Red Sox scout, I forget the name, came on to MLB Now and mentioned that uh, they were really happy about having, or sorry, it was an Orioles scout, happy to have a left-handed catcher be MLB ready and come up to the system. And he said that it's always, it's always a plus to have a left-handed hitting catcher uh, come up into the system, and you don't see too many of them. Do you feel that was a plus in your game when you were uh, being looked at by MLB organizations, being that left-handed hitting catcher? Absolutely, yeah. It's uh it's something that not a lot of guys do, and I, I don't really know the reason behind it, but I feel like a lot more um, Canadian guys end up hitting left-handed than the American guys. So that kind of just worked. It's always worked in my favor to have the, uh, the left-handed bat. So as a catcher, it's definitely a plus, and any time that you can get a little bit of offensive, uh, I guess, juice out of a catcher is a bonus. So I think for me personally, it's, I'm more of a hit-first guy right now, but I think that they're seeing that I'm developing those defensive skills where I can be an appropriate-level catcher who can also add value as a hitter. Now, Max, uh, earlier in this offseason, I think it was before uh, 2017, you you got back on your blog. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your blog? You kind of went off the grid with it uh, for about a year and a half, I believe. I've been following it quite a bit. I've been reading uh, your stuff over the last uh, few months. Tell us a little bit about your blog and what made you want to get back back into writing again. Yeah, that was something that I started up in my first pro season. Um, My parents had suggested keeping a journal just as something that I could look at later in life, look back on the experiences, and I never really got into it that way because I couldn't really get myself into that mind frame so many years down the road. Um, so when my sister suggested, why don't I put it online and see if people respond to it as a blog? Um, I put up that first one and it was like this crazy response from all sorts of different people. Um, and that's what kept me going for the first two and a half years. Um, and then in those middle years, it was just kind of, there wasn't as much stuff that I could talk about and I didn't want to get into just writing game recaps. 
So I kind of just put it away, kept it in my back pocket. I know that I can get back on. Um, and this offseason, I just felt like it was an appropriate time given sort of what was going on with my career and where I was headed. So it's uh, it's something that I enjoy doing, and it's fun to connect with family and friends and people who I've never met before who are just sort of finding it on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. Um, I love to talk baseball, so it's uh, it's a nice way to do that. Well, it seems like uh, as you started writing this offseason, you talked a little bit about what you did uh, during the Christmas break and uh, some of the travels that you had uh, this offseason on that blog. So it seems like you really enjoy uh, writing not only about baseball, but about uh, the stuff that you do in your life as well. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it makes it makes a professional athlete a little bit more relatable. Um, I know that growing up as a kid, like you see these guys on the field and you just go, man, these guys are superhuman baseball players. Um, and you never really get to see that other side of them. So part of it for me is to kind of make myself relatable to some people. Um, and like, yeah, we're real people. We go out and we, we have lives outside of the field. We're not just in the cage until midnight, sleeping at the field, waking up and doing blocking drills in the morning. Um, there's more to us than that. We're not that one-dimensional. Um, so it's just something to kind of connect with people on a different level. Max, the one thing that I kind of noticed about your blog right away is how good the writing is. You're a really good writer, and um, <laughs> no, but but you know what? A lot of a lot of athletes aren't like that, and the athletes that are, a lot of them don't show it because, like you said, you know, for the last year and a half, you weren't writing because you were busy with the season, with training, and all that. So a lot of people don't really get to show that. So uh, I find it's really interesting to kind of see this. Um, you know, this kind of work out there that you're putting out as an athlete, it's a really unique thing, especially from the perspective of a Canadian playing uh, now in affiliated minor league baseball. Yeah, I mean, all the credit in the world goes to my parents. Um, my mom was a big-time editor when I was growing up in school. Um, I would finish my paper. I would submit it to her. She'd go through and mark it all up with red pen. And so she was always the first person that graded everything. Yeah. Um, and she definitely didn't take it easy on me. So it was uh, one of those things where I had a really high standard from a really early age. And I, I enjoy doing it. So it's, uh, it's something that helps me kind of separate baseball and life. And it just kind of gives me a, an ability to kind of wipe the slate and start new again. Okay, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Canadian catcher Max Tissenbaum, who was just signed by the Colorado Rockies will still be with us, but he's actually from the Toronto area, and he's going to talk a little bit about hockey and how uh, there's a pretty big hockey player in his family, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about uh, his career and what he's worked on in the offseason going forward. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond, episode 49 on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few. Hi, this is Colorado Rockies catcher Max Tissenbaum, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Of course, Canadian Max Tissenbaum is here with us on Around the Diamond, the current uh, Colorado Rockies catcher inside their organization for the 2017 uh, season. Now, Max, uh, I, I, I was reading your blog. I, I'd seen some of the posts that you made on Twitter, and uh, uh, it seems like you're quite the quite the hockey fan uh, yourself, uh, you went out to a Tampa Bay Lightning's game. How was that? I'm I'm a huge hockey fan. Uh, at, at times, I think I'm more of a hockey fan than I am a baseball fan, actually, which is kind of kind of strange. Um, I was a Leafs fan growing up, um, and then when I was playing down in Port Charlotte, my girlfriend actually got me hooked on the Lightning. We went up to a bunch of games, um, and I've been following them for the last three or four seasons. So. We, uh, we traveled to New Jersey. We saw a game at Madison Square Garden. We got up to Buffalo and saw them. Uh, only one win in three games, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't the best offseason for us, wins and losses-wise, but I, I love getting to hockey games. Nice to see them uh, do well as well, the Tampa Bay Lightning getting to the Stanley Cup Final in the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk about the right time to jump on board. Uh, <laughs> I, we, we, uh, I remember I went up to a game. They were playing Montreal. And, like, right before the end of the first period, there was this one play with, like, 10 seconds left. And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I've never seen that kind of speed in an NHL game. Yeah. Like, it was just 
lightning quick. Yeah. Um, the passing was so much different than I'd ever watched with, you know, the Leafs teams growing up. Like I was the 2000s kind of a kid. So, like, for me, it was just this, oh, my God, this is really fast, really good hockey. Um, and there you go. They go to the Stanley Cup back-to-back years. So, it was uh, it was pretty fun. It was exciting to get to some of those playoff games, too, on days off during the season. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd go and watch anybody play hockey. I'd, like, I'm looking at the Arizona Coyotes schedule now trying to figure <laughs> out what games I can get to during spring training. Well, speaking of hockey, of course, this is a baseball show. We're talking to a baseball player, Max Tissenbaum of the Colorado Rockies, is joining us here on Around the Diamond. You're from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, you said that you were a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And speaking of hockey, did you play hockey when you were a kid back uh, uh, back in Toronto? And, and I noticed, I was looking online, your sister's a pretty good hockey player as well. Yeah, I played I played hockey up until uh, the end of 10th grade. Um my baseball coach came to our city final game for high school hockey and saw me get absolutely rocked in the middle of the second period. Um, and he came up to me after the game and he said, you played a really nice game. It's too bad you guys lost, but I'm glad that I got to see your last hockey game you ever played. Um, and I just kind of looked at him like, wait, what? Um, but it was an easy decision. I walked back in. I told the coach that I was finished with hockey because baseball was always my number one thing. Um, so yeah, I played all through 10th grade and my sister actually is, um, about to drop the puck on her senior weekend. She's a goalie at Harvard in Boston. So she, uh, was a huge training tool for me growing up because I had a, an elite level goalie in my backyard, which was awesome. We had a backyard rink growing up. Um, so it was great to get out there and shoot at her. It worked both ways for us. I got to, I got to work on a live goalie and she got to get live shots from somebody three years older than her. So was a, a perfect little uh, trade-off there. Now, did you play junior in hockey at all or no? No, I was I was playing just like local select house league. Um, right. And then I played uh, summer hockey with some of the AAA guys that I played baseball with, actually. Um, but hockey was always something for me that was just there to keep me in shape, keep me active, get me doing something other than baseball for the offseason. Um, but no, I never really pursued it in any really serious way it's funny how hockey and baseball almost go hand yeah. in hand sometimes um you know you, you obviously you hear about uh about the gretzky is not just the son <laughs> uh but the father too with uh with with wayne and trevor and uh, apparently wayne gretzky was a pretty good baseball player i know my dad played baseball with ray bork in montreal um and uh, you hear about all kinds of nhl players and mlb players that could have gone to the opposite sport if they really wanted to. So it's kind of interesting that, that those two sports kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's perfect with the, with the offseason for both sports. Um, exactly. And that was the great thing for me was growing up, I never had to choose. Um, so I was out there playing hockey two or three nights a week, um, and that still left me enough time to go out and hit in whatever indoor facilities there were when I was growing up. And then the other way, when I was – playing baseball in the summer i'd have a tournament on the weekend and if i had nothing to do on a monday i'd call all my friends from the neighborhood and we'd play ball hockey in the streets all afternoon so they're kind of complementary and like the two seasons never really um overlap for me um and it gave me an opportunity to really just enjoy both of them with both teams now of course we're talking with colorado rockies Catcher Max Tissenbaum, he's here with us on Around the Diamond, myself, Diamond Dante, alongside Michael Nellis. Before we wrap up uh, this segment, Max, I want to ask you about playing in the Australian Baseball League. It was, uh, I believe it was 2015, the season before you landed uh, a contract with the Miami Marlins and then ended up with the Quebec Capitals uh, mid-season. What was that experience like to go uh, live uh, in Australia and play baseball in one of the nicest countries in the world? It was absolutely fantastic um the rays came to four of us and told us that they wanted us to go down and play winter ball um and we were all really hesitant at first like the 14 hour flight to get over there um you're on the complete opposite time zones of everybody back home and it's really your only time off during the year um so we kind of went into it with this like yeah yeah this could be okay like we'll do it and we'll we'll get our work done but when we got down there um mark reedy the ceo paul gonzalez who's in the front office, those guys took such great care of us. The city really embraced the team that year and in all the years since. Um, and it was great to be a part of that team that kind of started to build towards these back-to-back championships that Brisbane actually won this year and last year. 
Um, so it was a, a totally cool experience. We got to fly to all the major um, capital cities in Australia. We played in Melbourne. We played in um, Perth. We played in Adelaide, Canberra. Um, so we traveled the whole country. Um, there's a lot of free time because you only play on the weekends, which is awesome too. So it's a little bit of uh, time to get away from the game too. But it was absolutely one of the best experiences I've had. Well, there you have it, Max. Thanks so much for joining us here on uh, Around the Diamond. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in a Colorado Rockies uniform down the road. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Canadian catcher Max Tissenbaum was just here with us on Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. You're listening to episode 49 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079 or listening on our SoundCloud at Around the Diamond and on iTunes in the podcast app. Michael Nellis will still be with us going into our final half of the show as Jordan Mills from the Washington Nationals organization will join us from spring training to talk about what he worked on in the offseason and what it feels like to get picked up uh, from the Quebec Capitals was teammates with uh, Max Tissenbaum last season. We'll hear what he has to say into the second half of our show. You're listening to episode 49 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 49 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Alongside me to my right is our co-host, Michael Nellis. Before, we were talking with Colorado Rockies prospect Max Tissenbaum. Now I'm very happy to be joined over the phone with Jordan Mills of the Washington Nationals organization. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. How's it going? Fantastic. Doing pretty good down here in in Ottawa. Of course, uh, you know the city pretty well when you came down uh, to the nation's capital. And as as an American guy like yourself, uh, what was your first reaction of the city of Ottawa and the way it kind of treated you when you did play against the champions last year? Uh, when I went to Ottawa, I thought it was uh, it was an awesome city. Uh, I mean, we had a, we had a couple dinners out there. I can't really remember where I went to, but uh, it was a good time, and I thought it was a beautiful beautiful place to play and uh, good fan base. You guys wrote, and they always gave us a run for our money, so <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jordan, um, you you mentioned that uh, uh, you know Ottawa's a, a different place, and of course, another Canadian city that you played in was Quebec. Um, but the thing with Quebec is it's the different language, right? It's one of the only places in North America that's strictly French. Um, and for an American guy, I know for a lot of other players that we've talked to that have played in, uh, in, in Quebec, you know, they're kind of, you know, hesitant to do it, um, at first. And, 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 you know, for you, when, when you went to, uh, to Quebec, what what were your initial thoughts of of living in a French city and, and playing there? Um, well, I didn't really know what to expect at first, so I was pretty open-minded. But yeah. um, when I first got there, uh, it was really a, kind of a big culture shock. Uh, I didn't really know what I was getting into, like, uh, <laughs> my first day there, and everyone else was uh, was speaking just complete French to me. So, I mean, from going out to eat and trying to just do your daily things, it's kind of crazy. But uh, you get you get used to it, and you make a few buddies that speak French on the team, and uh, they help you out, and uh it ends up being a good time. Did uh, Jonathan Mallow help you out a little bit? Is that uh, is yeah, that the definitely, guy? <laughs> definitely Jonathan Mallow and uh, Carl Zalinas. Those guys definitely took us, uh, us American guys under the under their wing and uh, showed us the way around and and uh, was were our personal translators. <laughs> now, of course, uh, as an American guy yourself, um, Jordan. Word around towns, you're a pretty big hockey fan, or at least from uh, what it shows on your Facebook profile page, because you do have a profile picture with uh, Wayne Gretzky, who, who was the father oh, yeah. of your of your then teammate Trevor Gretzky at the time. So, are you a hockey fan? And how nice was it to meet the great one? Well, yeah, it was an it was an awesome experience to meet the great one. I mean, anytime you get to meet someone of that that stature, it's uh it's amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm a hockey fan, so. I, uh, it's uh, out here in California. It's the San Jose Sharks. Uh, they're not doing as well as we'd like, but 
Yeah. <laughs> well, last year they did pretty well, making it all the way to the yeah. all the way to the Stanley Cup final. That had to be uh, what fun is, to watch. What has it been with the show? Because we talked to your teammate Max Tissenbaum, and we had pretty much a whole ten minutes about hockey, talking yeah. about hockey. So <laughs> I guess that's just how it goes today. <laughs> so, so when when you were so was that your first reaction when you came down to Canada that it was going to be kind of a hockey market? But it seems like it, that might have changed once you hit to Quebec because the fan base is so great down there. Yeah, I mean it is. It, I mean, definitely the fan base is uh, is is. I feel like it's still hockey there, but um, I actually loved it because everyone's banging on the uh, on the chairs. It's, yeah. everyone's a little bit more into the game, and uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a different different. Uh, they're a lot more rowdy, and it's a lot more fun to play in front of that than you know uh, you know regular. Yeah, no, rowdy is a is a really good way to to put the the baseball fans in Quebec, just sports fans in in Quebec as well. A lot of people kind of equate it to something that you'd hear or see in Europe, um, and uh, that's something that again you don't really get anywhere else, just in the Can Am League. Um, now, Jordan, I, I just wanted to uh, to touch on your last season, and of course, uh, you know, this coming season you're going to be uh, in the Washington National System, but. Uh, you had a really impressive year in Quebec uh, this past year, going six and zero in the in the win loss column and an ERA under two hundred, so um, uh, or under two, I should say. So, um, how did uh, how did last year playing for the Capitals uh, help you in your career progression to eventually get picked up here by Washington? Um, well, I think it just it put everything in perspective for me. So, uh, getting leaving with the Astros, uh, it it, uh, it kind of opened up my eyes. So I had to just kind of like, you know, uh, get my work ethic back and, uh, and being playing with the capitals. Uh, uh, it was, it was just a lot about having fun too. It was, yeah. it was taking the stress out of the game and, and, uh, going back and just, just having fun playing baseball. So showing up to the field was, was a lot more fun. And then, um, you know, it's a less stress environment. So, uh, I think that that played a big role and, uh, it's just developing as a player too, getting older a little bit, uh, I think the competition was uh, was was pretty good in our league last year as well. So, yeah, to outsmart, outthink, um, and outplay people. So, it was a really good experience, and I had a lot of fun. Now, I'm I'm trying to remember who got signed first as Jordan Mills of the Washington Nationals organization is here with us on around the diamond. Before we were talking with Max Tissenbaum of the Colorado Rockies. Now, just to to kind of stay on that question, I'm not I'm trying to remember who got signed between you and Austin Crisman because you you said off mic before we started the interview that you guys had played t- together every single season in the Astros organization. So, did either one of you kind of say, you know what, why don't you come down to this league? It's pretty good, or was it the other way around? Um, we both got kind of, we both got calls from uh, a couple teams from the Can Am, and uh, he actually signed first, yeah, in the, in Ottawa, and um, he was talking me into into going there uh, and trying to go to Ottawa, and I was just kind of up in the air with the between Quebec and Ottawa, and flipped a coin and ended up in Quebec. <laughs> Oh, that would have been even better. You know that the uh, the way the way that the season ended for the champions, if you um, if you had come over to Ottawa, but I'm sure that the experience you got in Quebec was was great as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved it in Quebec, and Patrick Scalabrini, he really treats the players really well there, yeah. and he's he's a great guy. So uh, he actually teaches teaches us a lot in the game too. So it's uh it's good to. He's, he's he's a good guy to play for. Now, one of the things um, this year, obviously, you know, last year you got to play uh, in 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 your your baseball reference page says thirty games, uh, or sorry, not last year, but uh, in twenty fifteen uh, in the Astros organization, and in years previous to that. Um, you know, it was it was always close to around that 30 game uh, mark that you were able to appear in uh, in terms of games played between a couple different um, levels, uh, you know, high A, low A. Uh, this year, though, or this past year with Quebec, you appeared in 44 games. You started three of them, which was a first in since your uh, your rookie league um your 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 rookie league career so um that had to be a a change in a way as well just appearing in so many games and in so many innings uh yeah it was it was tough it was uh but again with being a bullpen guy and being a reliever and myself i uh i did a lot of uh lefty specialist type of things it's you gotta you gotta get your body ready and uh in shape in the off season just to you know go out and pitch as many games as possible and do as much as you can to win a win a ball game every single night. 
Jordan Mills of the Washington Nationals organization is here for us on Around the Diamond, getting ready for spring training as it is uh, right around the corner. Uh, have you reported yet to spring training, or is that in a few weeks? Um, that's in a few weeks. I'll actually ship out um, March 2nd, so I'll be uh, heading out here soon within the next couple of weeks. So the one thing I want to ask you about, of course, uh, obviously, as as we, Mike, myself, and Michael Nellis do know, is that you're a, a large, uh, a large left-handed pitcher at six foot five or six foot six, and this might be a bad comparison, but Tyler Wilson, the closer or last year's closer of the Ottawa Champions, was a guy who was also six foot five or six foot six that threw pretty hard, averaging between ninety two, ninety three, or ninety four. Uh, word around town is that you actually don't even touch up to even 94, 95. As a guy that uh, that is uh, that that height at six foot five, how do you survive out there in, in you know mixing and matching your pitches and and how hard do you throw? Um, I think I'm anywhere from like 90, 94. I'll I'll, I'll run it up to 94 on a, on a good day, but it has okay. to be super fresh. But um, yeah, I think it's just uh, it's reading swings and uh, you know just trying to outsmart outsmart the batters because at this level. If you make a mistake, it's gonna they're gonna take advantage of it. So you just gotta really you gotta be focused every single pitch and just take it from pitch to pitch, really. And uh, you know, just gotta be nails every single time you go out there and mix well. And I think um, I think that was a big thing with my success last year is um, is I, I I really got command uh, really good command with my off speed and I I, uh, I I worked with the breaking balls so it helped me with left handed batters and. I was throwing change-ups to both left-handed hand and right-handed batters, so that actually helped me out a lot um, uh, late, in, late in ball games, being able to be unpredictable, even though when I'm facing them sometimes three nights in a row. Of course, Jordan Mills of the Washington Nationals organization is here for us on Around the Diamond talking about playing for the Quebec Capitals last season and what led to his success and being picked up by the Washington Nationals. Now, Jordan... Um, this name might ring a bell. John Fitzsimmons was picked up midseason by the Cleveland Indians and, and did great. Now he's uh, he was, I think, signed out of the Rule 5 draft yep. by the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. How nice was that to see one of your, your teammates and the closer of the Quebec Capitals get signed midseason after, you know, pretty much being perfect? I think you only allowed one run with, with your team. Is that right? Yeah, I think I, I actually don't think he ever gave up a run when I, when I was there. But um, maybe it was uh, one man, hit. He, yeah, <laughs> he was he was uh, he was lights out and nails, and it was fun to watch him and, and set up game set up ball games for him, giving the ball giving the ball to to Fitz. Um, I know he got me out of a couple jams when it was base loaded. He came out struck out the side or something like that, and <laughs> you know it was it was incredible what he was doing out there and. He 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 definitely shouldn't have been out in the Can-Am. He needs to be out in uh, affiliated baseball and you know a chance to make it to the big league somewhere because he's he's special. And Jordan, just from looking back at that 2015 season, at the age of 23, you were a reliever with the uh, Houston Astros system. You split time uh, between, I believe it was A-ball and high A, and that's where you played with Austin Crisman. And just from having chats with Austin Crisman, he talked about having a lot more fun in the Can-Am League based off the the minor league organization. And you were on the the same team as him. Uh, Was it either Quad Cities or Lancaster? I know that Crisman had played A-ball as well as low A, uh, in that season, but you both had pretty good numbers, and it kind of boggles my mind to look at that you had a 2.25 ERA in in A ball, and then in high A at a 3.81 ERA, and then eventually got released, and it almost had the same numbers as Austin Crisman uh, in that season. So, what was it kind of an eye opener for you when you you know you, you thought for yourself that you had a pretty good season, and then got released and ended up in any ball? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I you know you think you have something in the bag, and then you really don't, but. Um... You know, uh, it, that just goes to show you that it's a really competitive business, and uh, those guys, they have their, their guys that they want, and they, you know, even though it might not just be numbers, which is why uh, it, it could be everything else. So you have to really, you have to, it, you're, you're trying to, it's a job interview every single day. Not there, You can't take a day off. So, But uh, I did play with Austin. Uh, we actually played in Greenville, uh, Tennessee together, which is rookie ball. We played short season in uh, Tri-Cities together. We played Quad Cities in Lancaster. So uh, I watched him have success. I saw him be an all-star two or three times. Um, so, yeah, it's like oh, we had a great uh, great time, and it was fun playing on his team. He's one of my good buddies, we st- and we still, uh, we're still in touch today. So it is a change of scenery next year for you, Jordan. You're going to be joining the, uh, the Nationals organization, as we've said multiple times uh, in this interview. 
Do you have any personal goals uh, for the upcoming season? Because obviously it's going to be, uh, you know, as I said, it's going to be um, different being back in an organization, but being in a different organization as well. What are you expecting to do uh, yourself as, as a ball player? I think in years past, I've, uh, I've kind of, um, I've kind of expected things uh, to, to happen for myself. So uh, my goals, I, I would say, is first first off, you got to take it day by day. So go into spring training ready, prepared. So I'm going to do that, do that this today and the days leading up to the leading up to March 3rd, which is when we report. And then when, we, when I get to spring, um, it's making a ball club. Uh, it's and it's uh, it's making a full season roster, which would be in high A uh, for me or double A. Uh, you never really know where you stand until until that until you see your name on a, on the on a sheet on the last day of camp. So, um, and then from then on, I'd like to be in Double A AA or Triple A. Uh, me being turning 25 this year, I think that would be somewhere where I would shoot for. And then once you're in Double A, Triple A, you never know what can happen from there. You know. And finally, before we go, of course, Mike and I have uh, covered the Can-Am League. I did this season. He has uh, been around the league uh, for the last two years. And I'd like to ask you a little bit about uh, just kind of off um, being acquired by the Washington Nationals and most likely either playing in either AA or AAA uh, this season and going to spring training with them. I want to go back to last season before we wrap things up with the Quebec Capitals. What was your, your most favorite part playing in, in Quebec or whether it was just playing baseball stress-free in, in an environment that you didn't have to kind of look at getting called up, getting sent down. It was just playing baseball to win. And, of course, we all know that Pat Scalabrini has a history in winning and always puts an excellent squad out there. So how much fun did you have playing on a team that was just built to win now and, and play fun, you know, fundamental baseball and have fun with the guys for probably the first time in, in a few years? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there, there was no, like we were, we were a team built to win, but there was no pressure to win. So if we, if we lost a game, we all know that, that losing happens and it's all part of the game. Um, but you know, my favorite part was, uh, you know, the fans, the fans, they come out there and they bring you energy it's raining and they're out there in their ponchos. They still pack the stands and they're still there no matter what, screaming, yelling, uh, banging on the chairs. Uh, I thought that was the best part for me. I, they made it a blast every single night out, uh, out in Quebec. And they, uh, they were very welcoming to us, uh, even though we didn't speak too much English, but we all, we all, had, we all had pretty good communication with the fans. And they really, they really did it for me. They were, they were awesome. Well, I'm sure that's not going to be too much of a problem as you're back with, a, with an organization and you won't probably even have to think about speaking French uh, in the rest of your life. <laughs> Jordan Mills joined us here on Around the Diamond. Thanks so much for taking the time. We know uh, you're a little bit short on time today as you do have uh, some other things to go to. But once again, we thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to seeing you in a Washington Nationals uniform down the road. All right, Dante. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure. That was Washington Nationals prospect Jordan Mills here with us on Around the Diamond, and we wish him all the best down the road, and we hope to see him, like I just mentioned, uh, in a Washington Nationals uniform either next season or even this season. He's a, he's quite a good pitcher. He talked about the pitches that he throws and where he averages with his speeds, and he's a six foot five left-handed pitcher that hits 94, so you can't go wrong uh, with that right there. Coming up next, we're going to finish off the show. Michael Nellis is going to go on a rant. He doesn't like... Uh, some of the rules that the MLB wants to implement or at least some rumors that are going on about some of the rules that the Can-Am League has that might translate to Major League Baseball. That's coming up next on episode 49 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few. Washington Nationals, Jordan Mills, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 49 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. To my right is our co-host, Michael Nellis. Before, we were talking with Max Tissenbaum of the Colorado Rockies organization. And in our last segment, we were talking with Jordan Mills of the Washington Nationals organization. A great talk with Jordan Mills and... Uh, look forward to seeing what he could do with the uh, Nationals organization. And you never know, Stephen, Stephen Cardulo uh, made an MLB appearance out of the Can-Am League, just a year removed out of the Can-Am League. Last year, we could possibly see that with two of these great individuals that joined us here on the show. You know, the one thing that I notice about um, organizations when they pick these guys up is they 
tend to ascend up the rankings pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that's what you'll see happen with Jordan Mills and Max Tissenbaum if they're successful. You, it's not going to be a, a situation where, you know, in three or four years from now, they're going to make their major league debut. You know, Max Tissenbaum's 25. Jordan Mills, if he's not 25, he's he, 24. Yeah, he is. So, um, you know, the, these are guys that are, you know, ready right now. You know, not in five years. Well, so uh, Mills even um, said it. He said, "I'm turning 25." He yeah, said, "I'm think, so I want to be in Double A AA or Triple A." The, the, these are guys that are going to get the call. If they're going to get the call, it's going to be within the next two years. Yeah. And if it's not, then it's probably not going to happen. And I think they know that. And I think the the amount of deve- the way that Tissenbaum developed that was the you know one of the first times in his career that he had a, an excellent offensive season as a catcher, right? Because he was still had growing pains in in terms of his game because he came up as a shortstop. But he only started playing catcher in you know, 2013. Mike. Th- there was and, and there was a lot of hype surrounding Tissenbaum, but I think there was a lot of other people saying, you know, I don't know, like he's not been a catcher for that long. But this year, uh, this past season, he really uh, put all the doubters to a stop. And uh, he stated um, himself right now that one of his uh, his, his big uh, selling points is his versatility. And we kind of touched on that in our questioning of Max Tissenbaum. And I think that really shows you um, that he's a guy that uh, that now has that in his back pocket. And when he goes up to organizations, you know, he can play multiple different positions. And who knows, uh, you know, what he could be doing in the future. I think that he was... Uh, Baseball Canada missed out with him on the World Baseball Classic roster. I thought he had a strong chance yeah, of think, making that team because he's a wow. very versatile player. Russell Martin's not playing catcher anymore. Yeah, he, he's, no, not, I, he's not going to be on the team look, okay, in general. It's it's like any I national team. I mean, Jonathan team. Malone's on the team. Look, it's like any national team. It's a boys club. It's an old boys club. These are the guys that have been on the team for 10 years, for no, five you're years. You're wrong, though. And, and, you know, it's it's hard for somebody like Max Tissenbaum to break through that. H- how come Josh Naylor at age 19 and, and Tyler because O'Neill he's a at big age prospect. 18? They're both big prospects that have gotten to that point. Who's heard of Max Tissenbaum that hasn't seen Me. the Can-Am League? That, that hasn't been in the Can-Am League. That's what I'm saying. So, like, in terms of big baseball prospects, like, you who's know. Turned think, to, uh, who's heard of Jonathan Malo? Well, for whatever reason, he made the team back in the day. I'm not saying he's a bad and player. for a long time. He just no, no, announced he's a no, retirement. No, I, I, know, I, I know what your point is. And and Jonathan Malo retiring at age 37 or whatever, how old he is. 34. 34, pardon me. <laughs> You're good with those dates, eh? Um, 34 years old, a fantastic career with the Quebec Capitals, five championships with them. You know what? Like, it, It's a great career, but at the same time, he's there now because he's been there in the past, right? And once you're there... It's hard for you to get knocked out of that spot for Canada. And and just look at the players that are playing for Canada this year. Eric Gagne is 40. Pete Orr retired two years ago <laughs> and is a scout, and he's still playing for Canada. You're telling me that uh, nobody who's playing for an organization Ryan could Dempster. play for Canada. Ryan, Ryan Dempster is like 42 years old. Th- these he's are, an These analyst. are guys who have, yeah, they've been around for a long time. It's a boys club. They're well-known names, and it's hard for somebody like Tissenbaum to break through Well, that. you should have heard uh, Claude Peltier when he came on the show. And then they have the two guys, they have Naylor and O'Neill who are young so that they can get away with saying, Pompeii. oh yeah, you know, we got Pompeii. the movement coming in and, you know, these are the players of the future and we're, you know, investing in our future, but they're not. But it and it's clap. like that at every single level. Look at Hockey Canada. They're the same. And I'm not going to get into that because we've talked about hockey, hockey enough, enough on this show, but okay. it, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, we were trying to talk about this in the first segment. We did get uh, a little bit caught off guard. There is a rule that might be put in place that is very similar to a rule that it is in the Can-Am League. From the 11th inning on, a runner automatically starts at second base with no outs to start off the 11th inning and uh, and beyond. The Major League, Major League Baseball is looking to input a rule that has a runner start off at second base from the 11th inning on. What now, are your thoughts on this? Well, Mike? okay, so 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 there's been some misconceptions out there about whether it's at the 11th inning or at the 10th inning. Um, everybody, all, all the reports that are out there are saying, yeah, as soon as the game goes to extra innings, uh, there's a runner on second. So... I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's actually what's going to happen. No, I, I, don't, I think so. don't think that's what's going to happen. Like, I think they understand that that's not how you you go about these kinds of things. Um, but look, okay, I, I tweeted about this already. This is a fantastic. At 96 nails. This is a fantastic rule. 
in the Can-Am League. Yeah. When you have however many pitchers you have on your roster. 11. 11. I was Six gonna, in the bullpen. I was going to say 10, so I was close. Yes. <laughs> um, major league teams, bigger rosters. You have AAA. You have AA. You have all your affiliates, all your prospects that are available to be called up. If you've got players on your team that are uh, um, that are in situations where they're not throwing their best because they're tired, I know that it's a long season. You start in April. You go all the way to potentially October. You know, it, it, like it's it's not Players easy. In the Can Am League, you have to call eight. You got a player for me down in the Pecos League? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's hard to, to go. And that's one guy, right? right. So it, it's it's nothing. You, you need Empire to have League. you need to have somebody. Watertown, Watertown Bucks. Yeah, Watertown Bucks. <laughs> um, you need to have somebody in, in your back pocket um, all the time. And if that's you why don't. That's have the 40-man roster. If you don't, then you're screwed. There's the reason for the 40-man roster, and it's for that. It's so you don't have to have a runner on second. So, yeah, you know what? The Can-Am League, it's great. But in the majors, it's not needed because of that. Um, this is a rule that is actually, you know what? It's it's actually made for some wild finishes to ball games. Um, but in situations where you're in the majors and fielding is that much better and fielding percentage is that much higher, well, are you really going to see plays botched by a first baseman well, coming in to field a bunt. But the thing is, is that those major league teams can afford to have a long reliever that can go three, four, five innings out, out of the bullpen. And they have specialty guys. Exactly. Right? Like, but, I, but I mean, a major league bullpen is nine or ten guys, right? Yes. And depending on the way you want to do it, how many bench players you want to It's usually nine, nine relievers. In the Can-Am League, you have six. Six relievers, right? And that's it. It's exactly. Well, so. how many how many appearances? We talked about this. Jordan Mills, okay, 42. he appeared in forty four games, but he had 50, how many fifty six innings? Okay, but forty four games. Like you're playing in in a, a ninety six game season, you're playing forty four times every yeah. second day. Yeah, and yeah, like of course you're gonna have a an extra inning rule to protect the arms. And even then, there were some games this year, Dante, you and me saw it, where we're sitting up there in the press box calling a baseball game at okay. midnight yeah. because the game won't end because we're every team is scoring inning. one run every single extra inning. It's the one that starts on second. Yeah. And they got a base hit to start it off and score the guy. And then or everybody else strikes out or whatever, right? Like... I mean, so they were saying, so I was watching, I was reading a report. You bunt him over and then. So they were saying like this, they were saying, it's it's not it's not going to be a, a good enough rule. We don't want to put this in because it's going to be easy to score the run because it's going to be bunt him over, sack fly, he comes in, or single, he comes in from third, or a single, he scores from second. But I'm like, it's not that easy. We saw guys miss bunts. Okay, but that's the Can-Am League. It, it, it doesn't matter. The, it, it, it's the major leagues. Better pitchers. Be, they know how to pitch around the bunt, Mike. Better it's true. stuff. Better it's stuff. It's true, and, and if you're expecting the bunt, it's going to be harder to do it. The, but a bunt at the same is an art. time. A lot of the best, but you know, like Jean Pierre was the best bunter of all time, right? Mm -hmm. He could bunt. He could place bunts wherever he wanted. They showed it at the Diamond Demo on MLB Network. Mm -hmm. He was an all-star. Not a lot of guys can bunt. Look, it's the major leagues, okay? You have pitchers that can pitch around the bunts. You also have expert But guys don't bunt as much as they used to. When Hal Lanier was managing, it was bunt, do this, do that. Not yeah. a lot of teams do it as much as they... If you're, and when if you're the, the Ottawa Cubs, champions and Hal Lanier's your manager, you're bunting every time. Exactly. Every single time you're going to bunt because you've got the old school guys sitting there. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. In fact, I like the bunt. Yeah, I do. I, you know, and I know that you like it too. I know a lot of guys hate the bunt. Oh, I bunt all the time. But like, I, like I would do it too. Game. No, no, but but it's it's an effective play in the Can Am League when you're testing somebody who's standing there over at first and they haven't fielded a ground ball all game, and oh, now they you gotta, like to go down the right side. Well, if you're yeah, in in the situation where you're you've got a runner on on second. I think you'd go down the right side. But it's like usually it's, they go down the, the right one, side. I'm going to quote Adron while we wrap this up. Is he said the thing he loved about playing under Joe Madden? Um, Chambers didn't play for Madden, did he? He did. He was on. He was 40 man roster, big league spring training. The thing, the thing he loved about being yeah, with, okay, then with, it would have been Joe with, Madden with the Cubs is that it was, but it's simple. Bunch your man over, put him over to second, and try to drive him in fundamental baseball. He said that here on the show, and I guess that's what it comes down to. But I'll tell you that if you're a major league team, I know uh, some games have gone to 21 innings, but I guess that's just the, the fault of 
I mean, when you have Christian Betancourt, a catcher for the San Diego Padres, throwing two-seam fastballs at 96 miles an hour, I think your position players can afford to pitch. But uh, that's going to wrap up episode 49 of Around the Diamond. Next week is next week is episode 50. We want to thank our guest Max Tissenbaum of the Colorado Rockies organization, as well as Jordan Mills of the Washington Nationals organization. Michael Nellis, thanks for joining us in studio. And I guess uh, we'll try to see you next week if, if that's possible, Mike. I'm going to do my best to show up. You know that I love doing these shows, Dante. Well... That's uh, that's pretty much it for episode 49. Is it, is it really? It is. Mike, <laughs> come on. We gotta go. <laughs> okay, we, thanks go, for... We gotta go call a hockey game in Winchester. Dante, thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. Nice to have you on. You've been listening to episode 49 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. We'll see you next week. Episode 50 next Saturday at 6.